Welcome to the PSD cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in today's episode, we're talking about the perks of RFID for automated vehicle identification. Now, as it stands, the default method of automatic vehicle identification is automatic number plate recognition, or ANPR, and it is relatively effective for law enforcement and electronic toll collection like EasyPass. But ANPR is also wildly controversial over civil liberties concerns, and for our purposes today, it's somewhat limited detection rate and speed. Um, according to a white paper from FIGE Electronics, ANPR systems can detect license plates at a rate of one per second up, up to 100 miles per hour, but by contrast, RFID can detect numerous plates at up to 150 miles per hour. Um, we're proud to welcome the author of that white paper, Michael Hrabina, to the show, and we're excited to learn more about some of the differences between each form of automated vehicle identification. So, Michael, thanks for joining us, and could you explain how ANPR works? I'd be happy to. Jason, first, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm the uh, Executive Vice President of FIG Electronics, and I've been involved in this industry for decades, uh, both from RFID and even prior to that from optical uh, recognition systems for imaging barcodes. Uh, so sure, let me briefly explain a little bit about ANPR and how it works. Uh, it's automatic number plate recognition. It's actually an optical character recognition applied to reading license plates. Uh, it's an application that uses cameras and sophisticated software algorithms to capture the alphanumeric characters of a car's registration. Uh, the camera itself captures a high-resolution image of the plate, and the software analytics uh, evaluates the image to extract characters. So everything that's associated with photography, for instance, is present here as well to capture a very sharp, high-contrast, and most importantly, a blur-free uh, digital image. And that includes things like the lighting, the focal length, uh, the focus of the camera, the shutter speed, the pixel resolution. So the, the image is then analyzed by software to localize the area of interest, in this case, the license plate. It orients and uh, sizes the image to compensate for any parallax errors that may be associated with image. Uh, it then needs to segment the individual characters on the license plate to then apply to an OCR engine. And then afterward, that license information is compared to a database uh, of registrations, either for law enforcement purposes, uh, for fair collection, for tolling, or even for access control into perimeter protected areas. In a nutshell, mm -hmm. that's uh, what we're involved in with ANPR. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we spoke about a little bit about this offline, but why has ANPR been so consistently popular since, since the 70s? What, you know, why do you think it's had such staying power? And by, con by contrast, why is it so limited as, as an automated vehicle ID system? Well, I don't think it's very surprising. If you, if you look back in the 70s when ANPR was really uh, implemented, I think first over in the UK, uh, consider that its most popular use case is for enforcement of vehicle registration. Uh, every vehicle has a license plate. Uh, so why not check that plate if it's registered and not expired? So for instance, cameras placed in a police vehicle can continuously scan traffic, uh, compare the plates to a database, and simply notify the officer if an expired plate is found. Uh, so in that regard, the, the camera system is tied to revenue enhancement. Uh, 
uh, both for the collection of fines and also the assessment of fees. So there's no real surprise about the popularity among the state governments. But in addition, ANPR is a fantastic tool when you consider its use for all points bulletins, for amber alerts or silver alerts. Uh, the system becomes that second set of eyes for the officer uh, simply as he drives uh, and is doing his uh, rounds. Uh, yet beyond ANPR's enforcement uh, applications, it's been somewhat limited by its lower detection rate, uh, the data accuracy, and really its ability to be easily defeated in comparison to a technology like RFID. So take, for instance, the detection rate. Uh, you would, it would be reasonable to assume that detection rate is defined as the total number of vehicles that pass a system compared to the total number of license plates that are read correctly. Wouldn't you agree? Right. But you know, I would agree, that yeah. might be a poor assumption because most companies offering these systems quote an ANPR rate uh, that's the number of plates read correctly out of the number of vehicles detected. And there's a little nuance in that. You know, the issue is really noticeable when you compare an ANPR system to an external trigger, say the input from a, a loop detector that's mounted in the roadway and accurately counts every passing vehicle. Uh, if a video system has a detection rate that's correlated to its ANPR rate, that really means that the vehicle is only detected if it finds a plate in the image. Now, that means that there's no plate in the image. That means there's no vehicle detected. And some companies use that to boost the reported detection rate, uh, a practice which I find is manipulative at best and purposely misleading in the worst case, uh, and it gives a false impression of the true performance of the system. Right. Well, you, you mentioned that the RFID system. So how does an RFID-based ID system work in theory and, of course, in the states and the country, countries where it's already in use? Wow. You know, RFID has been in, you, around for decades as well. It's not a new technology. In fact, RFID goes back to the early days of uh, transponders placed inside uh, aircraft to determine friend or foe. But uh, if you really want to get down to theories of operation, uh, RFID uses radio waves uh, to transfer data from a transponder that, uh, to a reader. It's a wireless technology. It's modulating a signal in the same sense that a radio tower, a cell phone, a Wi-Fi hotspot or a Bluetooth connection moderates a carrier wave. And that carrier wave, in this case, is uh, transmitting data. Uh, versus ANPR, which is really an optical technology that relies on a line of sight to see the plate. If the plate can't be seen, it cannot be read. Uh, RFID is immune from those environmental factors that might uh, obscure uh, a, a clear view of the plate itself. And, you know, when you get right down to it, it's uh, more accurate because of its data transfer technologies. So um, compare data accuracy, for instance, uh, for ANPR, you know, where, you know, there's error rates uh, produced when similar characters are confused with one another. For instance, a zero, numeral zero might look like a letter O or an O might appear as a letter Q if there's a little bit of uh, 
smudge or dirt or the uh, blurred of an image. Uh, so there was a study that was done in the UK uh, years ago that reported an error rate uh, of ANPR in 1 in 100 characters, uh, producing 1.2 million false reads per day across a system that had 9,000 cameras. Now, that might be acceptable if you're simply monitoring traffic as it's passing through and you're just looking for uh, the occasional uh, violator of a, a registration. But it's completely unacceptable uh, to have that type of an error rate in fair collection systems or in an access control system. Yeah, of course. Now, you mentioned that RFID is, is immune to environmental conditions. Why is that exactly? Well, when you look at it, you know, radio waves are everywhere around us. They pass easily through dirt, snow, rain, fog. Uh, those conditions, you know, make it impossible for an image uh, camera to see the plate. But RF is not affected. It simply passes through those uh, environmental issues that obstruct uh, the creation of an image. And, you know, and if I may, you know, let me go back one, one step about the accuracy and, and how this data is transferred from the reader to the transponder. The, the, those packets of information that's passing between a transponder and the system, they follow uh, communication protocols uh, that are well-defined and self-checking. Uh, and they provide for error handling to ensure that the data is captured, it's transferred, and it's received accurately. Uh, in fact, the speed uh, of reading an RFID tag is so fast, it's actually reading that tag quite a few times, even at very high speeds. So the RFID system is not reliant on a single read attempt or looking at a single image. You know, and if the data packet uh, something steps on it in the transmission uh, and causes uh, an error to be detected, the, the, the retransmission is always there or the subsequent read of the uh, transponder is there. So it gives an idea of you know, the basics why RFID is so much re more reliable both in detection rate and also the data accuracy. You know, once it reads a tag, that the data is actually you know, quite reliable. It doesn't have those transposition errors that uh, can be associated with ANPR. Mm -hmm. Now, in your white paper, you make it pretty clear that while RFID itself is not a new technology, some of the, some of the new uh, security factors have, um, re that, that have recently come out ha have made it uh, maybe more relevant lately and, and in many ways superior to ANPR. So why would you say that uh, RFID provides that that's that superior data security. Uh, first off, it's an excellent question, and, and you know I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, consider this: um, you know, for a vehicle identification system, especially one that's used for protecting access into a secure facility, uh, you can use license plate recognition for sure, but it's just as easy to take a good quality image, um, print it out, and put it over the back of the plate. So any, any uh, vehicle coming out of a secure facility, you know, follow it, take a picture, produce it, put it back on, and that license plate is going to go right back through. Versus, you know, some secure features of RFID 
that uh, basically uh, are mutually authenticating one another, where the transponder will not communicate to an unauthorized reader unless it uh, matches uh, an encryption key. And that's another important point. Uh, the data transferred from a tag to a reader does not ha necessarily have to identify pertinent information. It could, that information can be secured through an encryption algorithm. So it transmits one, two, three, four, but that doesn't necessarily mean that after passing through the encryption algorithm that that is the same result. So the data itself is prevented from cloning or copying or even hacking. Uh, there's one technology in particular that uh, uh, NXP technology came out with uh, several years ago called UCODE DNA. Uh, it's using an encrypted technology that takes one step further in that uh, the transponder challenges the reader uh, with a query. And if that reader doesn't come back with a uh, correct answer, it stays silent. It, uh, it won't uh, give up its data. And we see this as a means of uh, not only identifying vehicles, there's other applications for this as well, for instance, in anti-counterfeiting. But for vehicle identification in a secure facility, nothing can top uh, the mutual authentication offered by that technique. Hmm. Right. So but before I let you go, Michael, and, and, and I do appreciate your time today, um, let, let, let's discuss a Fiegel Electronics WIGAND switch for, for a bit. In the white paper, you mentioned some of the cost savings and the time savings. Could, could you elaborate a little bit on this? Sure, and let me do it in light of you know, the comparison to ANPR as well. Uh, an RFID reader is made up of a couple different components. One, an intelligent electronic that uh, uh, decodes uh, the transmission between the transponder uh, and the, uh, the reader itself. Uh, and an antenna. Generally, you know, an antenna is transmitting the, uh, the data across. But RFID readers, most of them in today's market, in fact, especially the long-range readers, have multiple antenna ports. And an antenna is far less expensive than that electronic intelligent box. In fact, probably an antenna might be 20% of the cost of the overall reader. So a lot of companies take advantage of that, add multiple antennas to a reader, and those uh, readers are intelligent enough to know which antenna the data came from. So it's quite easy to take the data uh, and have several antennas, maybe one placed at uh, individual lanes, for instance, as an example. But the, the problem becomes, in, especially within uh, access control applications, uh, there's a device or a control system that has to actuate the gate to open, tell the gate to open. And it's very common to use a, a, a WIGAND interface, uh, a, a type of uh, electrical interface and data communications into that control panel. Uh, most readers only have one WIGAND interface, if they have any at all. Uh, and you know, it's unfortunate because uh, the gate itself to open needs a WIGAND interface for each antenna. So this weekend switch that Fi came out with uh, is, is rather interesting. It, it, there's no API to it. Uh, it simply allows the um, weekend interface from a reader to go as an input to the weekend switch. And uh, it allows 
two antenna systems to interface and control separate gates through that access control panel simply by flipping a relay. You know, if the relay is closed, the weekend output of the switch goes to one access control port to open one gate. And if the data from the uh, second antenna comes in, it simply closes its relay contact. It switches that weekend interface to a second access control uh, system or second control uh, device. And now that uh, second one is uh, opened and operated all by a single reader. So it uh, doesn't save half the cost, uh, but I would say that it's probably saved at least uh, 40% of the cost versus putting separate readers on every lane. And in comparison to um, uh, ANPR, it's typically common to use separate cameras uh, on each lane uh, because to do otherwise creates uh, distorted images and those distorted images result in even additional higher error rates. And so uh, it's a clever way to come up with a, uh, a less expensive implementation for multiple lanes. Mm -hmm. Well, again, Michael, I want, I want to thank you for your time. That, that was definitely very illuminating. Um, on behalf of PSD, I, I want to thank you for joining us. And, and to our audience, thanks for tuning in.